0: I like that book that i'm recommending i think because i think it's done well and if it's not you'd be like no megan,
1: Sweet the, me, megan i'm canceling no. the podcast <laughs> if i don't like it <laughs> no not yeah. really i would never do that um speaking of which this is bibliophilia and the philosopher's degrees
0: yeah and it's um it's been a minute since we said what we do so i just wanted to say we're, okay we're that and um, our whole shtick is that we like to read and discuss books together um, and make our philosophy degrees mean something. Mm-hmm. So, um, I try to just read them a little deeper and be curious. Mm-hmm. But honestly, today's book, A Court of Frost and Starlight, does not have a lot going on. And so, I felt like most of the time I was like, What happens next? Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> like, that's all this book is. Yeah. Like, Oh, you want to know what happens next? Well, you don't get it. You just get a lot of setups.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a. I hope she delivers on this series. Like, I, I want her to do more with it for sure. Me too. And I, I understand
0: why there are three solid books about from the perspective of Farah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's entering the world. It's world building. Mm-hmm. It's the build up to the war. It's it is the war. Mm-hmm. So, like a war. Um And so, <laughs> take a sip. Oh, yeah, and so I understand why there's three books with like, Farah and Reese, but mm-hmm. I'm ready for. Um, I mean, I, I guess we're gonna get that in like, Silver Flames, but like, mm-hmm. keep it rolling. Keep you know, keep yeah. it rolling. Yeah. Yeah. so we got Cassian. Let's find out what the hell's going on with Elaine. And Asriel, Lucien, Asriel and Lucian, more.
1: Yeah, I want more to have her own book because I think it's just the best way that you could go about uh, having a character that's queer. Yeah. I think yeah. that that... You, what's really sad, though, is, like, I don't really give a shit about Amren enough to, like, have her
0: have her own story. She doesn't really have a lot of personality other than that she's, like... Mean. <laughs> and mean. Yeah. And she shows up, like... Somehow she just knows things, and it's like explained away because she's, you know, so old, ancient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she just seems like she's gone through it already, and like what I don't know mm-hmm. what story we would te- they would like tell about her.
1: Yeah, the others
0: have obviously unresolved mm-hmm. things
1: mm-hmm. happening. Also, I'm just mad at her because she was such a bitch in Silver Flames. I have
0: only gotten up to the point where they put Nesta in the House of Wind.
1: Oh. And, but that mean I'm like all of uh, so we won't get ahead we'll get, of ourselves. We'll get there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So, the first thing for A Court of Frost and Starlight is I will read the first sentence and then we're going to say how we feel about it. Mhm. The first snow of winter had begun whipping through Valeris an hour earlier.
0: It's kind of boring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not giving, as the kids no. say. It's not giving. No, what's it giving? Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to give that. no.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to give that a solid zero <laughs> for yeah. anything. At this point, SJM is like, I don't even have to
0: try. Like, they're going to buy this this book i we're going to keep reading.
1: So. I feel like the series really could have done without this, and I might yeah. be missing, it's like, Easter eggs and shit, like, I don't know, but I feel like this could have gone somewhere else. We could have skipped it. Right. Had stories. Although, the one thing that I appreciated, okay, so listeners, for those of you who haven't read the book, even though you probably have if you're listening to this, the book is written for multiple POVs, And it's, like, Mm -hmm. the first time we don't, like, this is the first time we see outside of Feyre and Rezan's point of view. And I did, like, especially through, like, Nesta's POV, I was like, oh, shit, they're kind of annoying. (laughs) Like, outside, to the outside, like, yeah, I'm like, I probably get really agitated with both of them because they definitely have some self-righteousness going on. I have a lot of thoughts I have Ooh, a lot of thoughts. Tell me.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, before we get into it, we didn't do our thirty-second recap. Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, how could we? To be honest? honestly, it's okay with me if you want to skip it because mine was gonna be like, Fair an asshole to multiple people, mm-hmm. and it's almost her birthday, and then it is her birthday, and mm-hmm. her cake is ugly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. She gives everybody paintings that she made herself, which is just cringe to me.
1: Okay, I I'm why. so glad you brought that up because I was <laughs> like, I don't know if that's what I would want. Like, she just gives people the paintings without, like, understanding if that's what they would appreciate or not. She's just like, here's my art. You'll appreciate it.
0: Well, and, like, what's that? What I what I can't with that is that she obviously uses her painting skills to process her feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, like, I was
1: having a lot of feelings about this this day. So here's your painting of my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very self-centered gift. Yeah,
0: and I just was like, wow, this is really cringe, favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't love it. So anyway, that's my that's my thirty second recap. It's like th- there's some other some nice other point of views. Mm-hmm. Feyre's kind of like c- cringy and mean. It's her birthday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's um, basically what it is. Is that they're preparing for what is it? S- the solstice, solstice and yeah. her birthday. That's like yeah. the whole thing. Is their that mm-hmm. their. their building up to that it's like a christmas special episode and maybe the best way to put it yeah
0: if i was in the mood i would be like oh or if like i was watching it i think too Mm and i could see the visuals
1: yeah yeah maybe it'll translate better to the big screen whenever hulu does the series whenever that's gonna happen yeah do you want to add anything to the recap uh no Okay. I think you you <laughs> hit it you hit it on the head right there. Uh-huh. Okay, Resan and Feyra, through other povs, you start to see that they're kind of dicks. So I was thinking a lot about this. I was thinking about mm-hmm.
0: we've been getting exclusive Feyra and Resan, and now I'm like, okay, so I can't read their perspective. But I could still try to take a perspective. And Mm so with Reese, the only reason that like I could come up with that he resents Nesta so much is that like one, you know, obviously he's very in love with Feyre and he doesn't like the idea of anybody taking advantage of her in any way or even Mm -hmm. like retrograde not retrograde. Oh, it's in my head. Retroactively. <laughs> uh, um, retroactively like not appreciating what she did for her sisters. I think mm-hmm. he takes that personally. Mhm. Um, but also he lost his sister. I was mm-hmm. thinking about how like Tamlin killed his sister. Mm. And so I wonder if part of that is like him being like Nesta, like you don't even know what I would give mm-hmm. to have still have my sister or something. Mm-hmm i don't know that's well that's all i got i have no excuses for Farah. she has got it fucking made and she is um. a bitch
1: yes okay let's talk about the bitchiest moment in this book lucien Lucian? yes what the fuck okay you have m- read it more recently than i have so you probably and you might even have it tabbed i don't I have it yeah i, have I don't it think i ha- i don't think i tagged it in mine Okay. To give everybody just like a little bit of context when we're about to bring this up. So, Lucian, after the war, went and built like a home with Jurian and Vasa. And both of them are human. Vasa is the mortal queen that was cursed by the dude that turned her into a firebird. He's also the Swan Lake dude that I talked about a lot and then Jurian is the dude that was in Amarantha's like ring her his eye was in her ring and he was brought back by King Hybern and then played double agent and was actually a good guy the whole time so Lucian finds like a found family with them and they call their house what it's like the house of the rejects. Oh, they or call so-
0: the <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we call ourselves the House of Reject. <laughs> that's You're my like. House of <laughs> <House of
1: Regis.
0: laughs> no, it's it's the band of
1: exiles. Okay, so it's it's like more <laughs> eloquently said that way. <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: yours. No, that's literally like what you just said is like if. Feyre had kept riffing and slamming uh, Lucien <laughs> during that
1: conversation. Yeah. So, like, you and your little house of rejects do what? Uh, yeah, that's exactly her <laughs> attitude. She's such a bitch. Okay, sorry. So, you have probably yeah. found it by now.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, Lucien has just come to townhouse to drop mm-hmm. off a present for Feyre and Elaine. Mm-hmm. Which he does not have to do. Mm-mm. And yet he did it. Mm-hmm. And the whole freaking time... Feyre is, like, either trying to bully him into being, like, more a part of their court and stay in Night Court Mm -hmm. or stay in Velaris, or, like, when he explains, like, actually, you know what? I've been hanging out with Jurian and Vasa. The three of us have kind of connected because we don't really have somewhere to go. He said, you'd be surprised to see how the three of us are getting along, and Farrah realizes that they're somehow his friends, and she's just like perplexed by this. So she says, not feeling very festive at all, I said sharply uh, that you now feel more comfortable with humans than with the High Haifei. If you ask me, Lucine says, I'm not, and she continues, it seems like you've decided to fall in with two people without homes of their own as well. And it's just scathing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's accurate, but why is that a bad thing? Like, why are you making it such a bad thing? Because that is what you did when you joined the House of Valer... Not Valeris, whatever. You joined Reese's Court. Like, you felt... ex, You didn't feel like you fit in anywhere. Also, what is this tone she is
0: taking mm-hmm. saying you feel more comfortable with humans than with high Bitch, you
1: used to be human. Yeah, you still what? have a human heart. Like <laughs> that was like a plot point, Fabra. Yeah. <gasps> Pot kettle.
0: Yeah. So like, I just don't understand why she's like this.
1: I know. And she even like had a moment of self-reflection in that I th- I think I remember her being like I don't know why I was like that. Like something along those lines. Well, here's the next part that's like okay. really
0: mean. Oh I'm read shit! It in a really mean
1: tone. All right, get it. She goes. But I
0: asked, and what exactly does this band of exiles plan to do? Host events? Organize party planning committees? Lucian's middle eye clicked faintly and narrowed. You can be as much of an asshole as that maid of yours. You know that. True. I sighed again. She doesn't care. I'm sorry, I just... And Lucien says, I don't have anywhere else to go. You ruined any chance I have of going back to Spring. Not to Tamlin, but just to the court beyond his house. Everyone Mm -hmm. either still believes the lies that you spun or they believe me complicit in your deceit. Mm -hmm. And as for here, I can't stand to be in the same room as her for more than two minutes. I can't stand to be in this court and have your mate pay for the clothes on my back. And I just... I'm like... Fera, he's literally like bearing his soul to you and mm-hmm. you're just being such a turd. Mhm. Mhm. <sighs> like, why? Yeah. Let him live where he wants to live. He's trying to like maintain a connection to you as like a friend
1: mm-hmm. and he brought you a present. Mhm. And you're being a jerk. Mhm. An absolutely freaking jerk. Yeah, like, I feel like we're past the point of him being complicit in Tamlin's abuse because they they need to have a conversation about it. I really think that they do because I can imagine that there is some resentment on both of their parts towards one another. But like you pointed out, Lucien is still trying to be a respectable person and show Mm -hmm. respect to somebody who he has definitely trauma bonded with and and he has I think in another in a previous book he admits that like he
0: he's like oh you're this is truly your family like I Mm -hmm. see that this is where you belong and he doesn't Mm -hmm. say it in like a shitty little way he says Mm -hmm. it in like an I understand you better way Mm
1: -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I mean, even the one time where he was like, I didn't realize that I was a villain in your narrative. Yeah. And that hit him. He was like, oh, shit, I gotta reflect, do some work on myself. And he's trying to do that with Vasa and Jurian. Yep. So, fuck Um, you, (laughs) Farah.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, it did set me... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was... Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say the same thing about Elaine, Sorry. Oh, God. I don't understand why she's an asshole to Lucien. All right. We'll stay on that for a second because it's <laughs> still on. I was going to segue into something else, but okay. yeah. Just- do the
0: last bit of it.
1: I don't get why she's such a fucking asshole to him all the time. Like, I mean, he didn't read the room when she came out of the cauldron. Like, I get that. Right. But I would say Lucien's the type of person that once, like, he's aware that he has a fault in something, then mm-hmm. he's going to reflect and change.
0: Yeah. I'm, and so he's been nothing but, like, giving her space. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was, like, lurking around... Um, the night court because he wanted to be close to her in Mm -hmm. fact he has taken every opportunity to like make himself useful and be out of her
1: Mm -hmm.
0: comfort you know staying out of her comfort zone Mm -hmm. so that it stays a comfort zone you know what I mean
1: he sets just he he respects boundaries that are there that like the the vocalized and the non-vocalized ones like he's very observant and respectful
0: I I don't know. And it's not... I can't make the excuse for her anymore that she just doesn't understand that, like, it's not him. Like, him Mm -hmm. declaring it doesn't mean that he's making it a thing. It's Mm -hmm. like a... It's like some fae biological thing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's not him. And I can't give her the benefit of the doubt that she... Oh, she's like a new fae. She doesn't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. She she does. She's Mm -hmm. just
1: being a jerk yeah because like i in the book after he leaves I did he go there for the the present opening i can't remember there was no. something okay mm-hmm. he there just w- drops off his
0: presence and goes
1: yeah and there was like a point where he might have seen elaine and elaine was a dick to him and pharaoh was like you don't have to be a dick to him dude uh-huh and Elaine is like, I don't owe him anything, and I'm like, yep. bitch. Like, where is this coming from? It's not like he's like, he is not stalking you. He is. I mean, he's leaving a line of communication open to you. That's why he's mm-hmm. giving you presents. Like, if you don't want them, say so. Like, right. or have Feyre say so if you don't feel comfortable. But it's like I just don't understand why she feels so much hatred towards him and maybe that's something either. that can be explored in another book but i will say that although i am still open to a polyamorous relationship with elaine lucian and Azriel after reading the frost and starlight and silver flames i'm not i don't really have any interest in elaine at this point like i'm if you choose to be with Azriel, like I'm talking about them like as if they're real people. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> but I don't know for some it's just turning me off to her and Azriel's relationship. And I don't mm-hmm. I haven't like thought about why, but I just Elaine has pissed me off so much with how she yeah. treats Lucian, but then in the same chapter will be like fawning over Azriel and I'm like what is happening why are you being so fickle about things
0: well and also like from just like a writing perspective if sarah like i know her if sarah makes (laughs) if sarah writes it so Mm -hmm. that vera nesta and elaine were supposed to end like fated to end up with
1: all the boys
0: cassian and as like sisters versus and brothers i'm just like i'm
1: boring bored. that is so boring Please i was, do not do that that's exactly what i was thinking of i was like dude if you put i am i am totally on board especially after reading silver flames like nesta and cassian are perfect for each other yeah they are wonderful but I, w- like, I was like, do not put all three of these sisters with all three of these brothers because no. that's going to be predictable and boring.
0: Yes. Please, please do not do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Make Elaine gay and have her oh end up God. with
0: more. Uh, no, I want better for more, honestly. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, um, yeah. So, I, is, but I'm so glad that you said that, though, because I was reading it and I was like, hang on, like, how much better would this book be if it was written as, like, okay, Elaine's, like, angry about being mated to a male because Mm -hmm. she's actually queer. Mm -hmm. And if they had, if she'd done it that way, then what if she, I was like, if that's what it is, then, like, wouldn't it have been amazing if SJM had written more as, like, out, and established and already queer. And Moore is, like, the gay guide who is, like, actually, this these, these feelings kind of explain a lot. And, like, this mm-hmm. is what it's like. And it's okay. Like, you know, if she was, like, in a relationship or had partners or whatever already,
1: mm-hmm. she was
0: out and, like, confident, it would make so much more sense with, one, with Moore's character... And Mm -hmm. how she's, like, portrayed as, like, very confident and very Mm -hmm. um, powerful and a truth teller. So, like, if she was in that role and she was out and then Elaine was the one that's, like, oh, I'm, like, discovering things about myself and coming out as queer. Like, wouldn't that be so much better? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I I think it is just a testament to needing more novels that cover each of these other characters because I feel like they all deserve it. They need to be fleshed out more because I was like an Elaine stan originally because I really Oh, this might be I'm having an epiphany. (laughs) I really (laughs) I really appreciated like her representation of strength because after every terrible thing that had happened to her, she still maintained a level of grace and ease and optimism. And that's really fucking hard to do. Like, I don't think people really appreciate the amount of work it takes to consciously choose to continue to be happy mm-hmm. and do things that make you happy and allow yourself to still be vulnerable that's a that's a lot of strength that takes so much strength and i really loved that about elaine and then in frost and starlight and silver flames she's just kind of a dick i'm like where did this come from like this isn't who you were and it makes me even more upset because of the way that they treat nesta uh, compared to elaine because both of them are obviously like Elaine went through so much trauma with after she came out of the cauldron, like in Acolar. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just I just I just thought it was so funny I said what? After she came out of the cauldron. <gasps> oh shit. That's instead of in okay, so in the SJM multiverse, it's not coming out of the closet, it's coming out of the cauldron. That's yeah. what we're gonna call it. Okay. <laughs> So we see her like become a shell of her former self and she's rebuilding, but the amount of like patience and kindness that was extended to her that wasn't to Nesta when after Nesta had all of the trauma from the war. Yeah. Like it just seems so hypocritical to me and it kind of made me project more of my, like, frustration onto Elaine because she just kind of lets it happen. And I'm like, Elaine, like, Nesta was your ultimate protector, your ultimate, like, cheerleader, hype man. Like, she fucking would have sacrificed anything and everything for you. And now, like, when she needs help, you're just going to be like, it's not my problem. And that's how she treats Lucian too. She's like, it's not my problem. Yeah.
0: I don't, uh, so I like that you can read Elaine as having the strength to maintain optimism and to see the beauty in the world and to Mm -hmm. try and create beauty the way that she did through gardening. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think that's totally correct. And I want to believe it that way. Mm -hmm. But the very cynical part of me is like, no, Elaine is just like a naive, everything will work out and we just have to stick together type of character. (laughs) and And, um, That could be
1: more accurate.
0: But I want to believe yours, but it just (laughs) doesn't... I can't square away, like, her after, her, you know, before the cauldron and her after the cauldron (laughs) personalities.
1: Yes, (sighs) yes, and the the fact that no one felt the need to intervene with her, but they did with Nesta... Well, I mean, you can argue that it's just a lot
0: easier to intervene with Elaine Mm -hmm. by, like, just putting her in a room wherever you're (laughs) going (laughs) to be. Like, we're at the House of Wind. Mm -mm. This is her bedroom there. We're down at the townhouse. This is her bedroom there. (laughs) And we'll leave her with the wraiths. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think that Nesta is so... Interesting and complex to read as a character, Mm -hmm. because I don't like—I'm not totally in love with Nesta. I Um, am—I'm so in love with Nesta. (laughs) But I—but I think it's because like I can see all of the facets of her, and I can't. Like I'm sort of like—I think it's because I'm an older sister, Mm. and I cannot fathom looking out for like if I had two little Maddies I have a Garrett and a Maddie and I can't Mm. fathom only being like yeah I'm only gonna take care of one of them Mm. I'm gonna let the other one like literally go out into the woods where there's wolves and dangerous fairies
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so part of me is like "Nessa, what the hell you're letting like your resentment towards this younger sister that I don't fully understand make Mm -hmm. you treat her in this like totally unacceptable way and then when you get to so like i i still see that part of her in there she just Mm -hmm. like hasn't completely separated that from Mm -hmm. who she is in like silver flames you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm not like totally in love with nesta Mm -hmm. i do think she's like really complex and really well written and i Mm -hmm. love reading her and Mm -hmm. I just don't feel that way anymore about Farah, And I don't feel that way about Elaine. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so thirsty for other
1: views. I 100% agree with that observation. Because, especially in Silver Flames, like I'm going to have a lot to say about Reese when we get to Silver Flames. Because he pissed me the fuck off in that book. But you, coming back full circle, I feel like, a quarter frost and starlight really did allow us to see outside of the Reese and Feyre bubble, and yeah. I mean, like even the way that Sjm chose to write about write the POVs because, like with Feyre and Reese and it's still first person point of view when it's their point of view, but Cassian and Nesta are not. There's their third person, and I was like, what. Why? i noted that yeah i was like why Me do you yeah i was like why do they not get their own first person point of view like
0: it doesn't yeah it doesn't really make sense because you still get an idea of their feelings and thoughts Hmm. so why did she write it differently
1: that's exactly what i wrote i was like i wonder why she because i feel like sjm is so intentional with her writing and i know mm-hmm. that like or I don't know if 100%, but I, I feel like she's so intentional with her writing that there has to be a reason behind that. Expe- even in Silver Flames, it was third person point of view for both her and Cassian. I have a I have a theory. Oh, tell but me. But I don't know
0: that it necessarily makes sense.
1: So uh, theory... that's what is that's what philosophers do, bro.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Come along with me,
1: <laughs> listener, philosophers. So
0: I kind of was wondering if maybe sh- the difference is that Reese and Feyre are Mahdi's and mm. they can like literally sh- mentally share complete experiences through their perspective mm-hmm. into the minds of other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, I, w- but you know, I feel like I'm reaching a little bit.
1: Mm. I actually can follow that. I think that that is a valid theory i will say but that's
0: like the only thing i got
1: yeah because it's also just like a it's definitely
0: like a creative choice mm-hmm. from the author's point of view to to switch mm-hmm. so i don't understand but she's just like i'm tired of first person
1: <laughs> maybe i mean it could be as simple as that where she's like i just want to try something a little bit more creatively challenging right now for myself yeah. oh we got Morgan's point of view in this book too didn't we because she, did. like, we found out that she, like, has a house somewhere that she hides She's out. She's a at.
0: horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> horse girl.
1: <laughs> you guys, I wish you could have seen Megan. She, like, threw her hands up in the air, like, she was raising the roof.
0: <laughs> I wish I could be a horse girl. Like, I want one. (laughs) I want to be one so bad. um, But I'm allergic, so
1: I can't. Oh, no. Oh, Um, gosh. That's so sad. Like, it's so itchy and, um, like, wheezy. (laughs) Oh. That sucks.
0: So I'm like, yeah, write Moore's book as the horse girl.
1: (laughs) I am really interested because I feel like, she's so much more secretive than I thought. Mm -hmm. Like she's been able to keep this from Reese. And uh, so how did you say the thing? They're day Maddie. Yeah. Meaning that they can like peer into people's minds and also like make them go insane if they really wanted to. Um, And then like people can share their experiences with them through like touch and everything. And more has been able to hide the fact that she owns this estate From everybody. It's called Athelwood. Athelwood? Athelwood. Athelwood. I do like that. It's very dark academia. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, I want the more dark academia book
1: where she has a spooky estate and horses. Yes. (laughs) Yes. SJM. the lesbian lover. (laughs) Yes. If you are listening to this, SJM, please do it this way. Please. Uh, Anita Safik, Dark Academia <laughs> fairy book. Uh, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I need some, I need some gay sex, okay? I'm bored. Yes. I'm yes. A bored. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm done with heterosexual smut. I need something a little bit more, a little bit more, mm-hmm. whatever. But do you remember the part where she's
0: on her horse? and she notices like a dark little something in the woods behind her yes that's Mm -hmm. just like watching her yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all it is is like all she's thinking is like okay best left undisturbed yeah and i'm like are you kidding me
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to see what that is maybe she's just like i've had enough (laughs) <laughs> like I need to chill I'm just gonna compartmentalize this until like I have the strength and the energy to deal with it yeah yeah cause I wouldn't blame a bitch for being like I've ha- totally. I literally just came out of war bro like I-, I cannot with you right now
0: I'm not ready to get the gang back together to solve a mystery
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I need mean my space <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh 100% can relate. I would probably do the same thing where I'd be like, "Well, it's not hurting anything right now." Right. It's just like, "Oh, I'm going to leave it." I'm yep. Leave it.
0: Okay. Well, I have another question for you. Okay. And in the spirit of like bringing it sort of into our podcast format, mm-hmm. this book made me curious about um <laughs> if <laughs> You think that part of the reason that SJM wrote it was just so that she could write about how Feyre and Reese are going to get pregnant.
1: Okay, so the reason that Feyre even, like, got to this point, or how she got to this point, is, like, throughout the book... A lot of her story is focusing on like her getting back into painting. And so she's like constantly visiting the rainbow in Valeris, which is like the art artist walk. Essentially, they have shops, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. She finds like a space for her to be able to paint in private and she ends up buying it and she turns it into essentially a community center with like another artist um, that is in the that works in the rainbow as well and after all of this she gave reese like a vision of the little boy that the bone carver would present himself as to reese as like a way to be like i'm ready to have a baby yeah <laughs> it's so like... like
0: it's so so in the rainbow and like the in like the art district she and elaine are looking for holiday gifts Mm -hmm. And they go into this shop where there's a weaver, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the weaver lost her husband in the war, and she Mm -hmm. doesn't have any part of him. They thought they would have time, Mm -hmm. so they didn't have children. That's, like, what she says.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about her Uh point. Mm.
0: Yeah, and so that's when Farah is like, oh, Therese, I won't have any part of him anymore. And
1: that's when you you literally like, have yeah. his powers. Like he gave you his powers, bitch. <laughs> that's not enough. Um, she
0: greedy. Um, but that's what she makes her decide to have that she wants to go ahead and have a baby. Which I know I was gonna ask you, like, mm-hmm. do you think that's ethical?
1: Oh, because it is a selfish decision, and it mm-hmm. kind of insinuates a projection onto that child before yeah. e- they even exist. Yeah. No, I don't think it's ethical. I
0: don't either. This is why I think it's just because SJM got pregnant. But um, <laughs> she was like, I want to spend time being your wife and your mate, like, and high laity before we... She was like, I want to spend time with you, just you, mm-hmm. as a family. And then
1: eventually someday children mm-hmm. and like one random the- bitch is like, I don't have yeah. anything left of my husband. So I'm trying to create something. And Pharaoh's right. is like, I'm going to reconsider my entire life now. No, the weaver is like, okay, well, like I, w- I've woven
0: this magical cloth that's like mm-hmm. called void. And it's the depth <laughs> of my sorrow missing this person. And Pharaoh's is like, Hold on, I'll hold my beer. I'm going to, like, do you one better. I'm going to go have a baby with my mate.
1: Because I can and you can't. You think you can create? Watch what I can do. (laughs) You know what? With her being a Capricorn, they are competitive bitches. So, (laughs) yep. And I say that as a Capricorn stellium. I know. I just... I just... uh... I'm just so
0: tired of her. I think that's where I'm at.
1: I okay. Even like reading this, where because when I started get started reading like other people's point of views, so I got so excited, and then like I turn to the next chapter and be like Feyre, and I'd be like ugh. Uh, and then I, I remember a few times where I would like like, quick flip through the, the next few chapters to see, like, when I wasn't going to be hearing from Feyre. And I would find myself, like, agitated when there was, like, multiple chapters of Feyre's POV in a row. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm so tired of this bitch right now. Yeah.
0: Same. Absolutely. <laughs> she's mean to Lucian. Yeah. that decides to get pregnant for a dumb reason. Mm-hmm. And she's oh. really... Oh, what? sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, I think you were about to say what I was... No, you just, go. You go. I was just thinking about what she does to Nesta there at the end. Yes, I was. <sighs> the guilting when, her? Yes, and Nesta shows up. Mm-hmm. She,
1: she sits through it. She... You also... You are seeing it from her point of view, too, and she can't stand the fire cracker, Fire crackling... Because it reminds mm-hmm. her of the sound of her father's neck being snapped in front of her, and no one yes. thinks to fucking check on her. And then at the end of that little thing,
0: when Nesta's like, "Okay, like I did it, I'm gonna leave." Mm-hmm. It's Ferris's point of view again. Ferris like sees her get ready to leave, Farah mm-hmm. literally follows her out mm-hmm. and just forks over the rent, mm-hmm. like, makes it transactional.
1: Mm-hmm. Just,
0: like, such a, I don't want to use the C word, but that's what she's being.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. I know. It really, I just, her the difference in her treatment of Nesta and Elaine just, like, infuriates me. And I think, I mean, I know humans are, like, fallible. Mm-hmm. And... Ness or Fera's not a psychologist by any stretch of the imagination but I feel like common sense should have taken over and somebody like Cassian knew before anybody else did he was like this bitch has PTSD from the war yeah. and that didn't that wasn't something that clicked for other people. Like, Feyre, when she went to the House of Wind and all that shit in ACO um, Math, sorry, that sounds terrible, in a court of Mist and Fury, like, she realized, like, she recognized, like, her own PTSD. And I feel mm-hmm. like, in that regard, you should be able to identify when somebody else is struggling with PTSD and i don't like the excuse that she always has where she's just like well nesta would never let me help her i'm like that's a cop out
0: it's such a cop out and i don't like she has the perfect way to handle someone that you care about Mm -hmm. modeled for her Mm -hmm. and i don't want to use the word handle like like handle them but Mm -hmm. like the perfect set of behaviors modeled for her because Mm -hmm. did Reese, did Faber want anything to do with Reese? Mm -mm. No, she just wanted to go back to Tamlin Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: basically um, implode like a dying star Mm -hmm. on herself. But did Reese let that happen? No, he was like constantly there for her. He gave her Mm -hmm. like tasks, like learning to read. He Mm -hmm. introduced her to more. Mm He, I just favorite like you had it modeled for you Mm -hmm. on how to take care of somebody who wants to push you away yeah and and she doesn't doesn't do it at all
1: yep and that's what makes me even angrier at reese and i'm gonna save my my reese hate for silver flames but yeah that's i'm like it's a cop-out because nesta is a particularly difficult individual Mm -hmm. and because it's going to be hard I, I feel like that's Feyre's reason for not wanting to help. And it may, and it's not something that she's probably even aware of. But, like, Nesta is an incredibly difficult person to work with. And that's why Cassian was a very good choice for the person to help her. Because yeah. he can take it. And he had a little bit more, um, like, emotional intelligence when it came to Nesta totally. and, and her. But, yeah, it's like... It's so frustrating because it's like Feyre is capable. You see her, well, I mean, even with the lane, she kind of took a back seat because she's like, "Oh, Nesta's got it." Yeah, like, no,
0: Nesta. I, I, I think Feyre is so clueless when it comes to being emotionally available to anybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, just what you said, like. Taking a back seat with Elaine. Oh, Nesta's got it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about Nesta. I'm just gonna let Cassian, Cassian handle it. it. Yeah, make it Cassian's project.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, even with like, even with more, she sticks her nose in to be like, more. Why aren't you? being honest with Azriel, or why what's going oh. on with you and asriel and then as mm. soon as Moore tells her like i'm actually like feeling this like identity conflict about me being like the truth teller and mm-hmm. unable to come out and like what that means for me mm-hmm. um i've got daddy issues because it's like disgraceful and selfish for me mm. to be gay and and pharaoh is just like well i'll just leave it to more to come out when she's ready yeah we sh- we don't have to talk about it oh. ever again i don't have mm-hmm. to like revisit
1: well and that confession from more came from pharaoh bullying more totally more was really pissed she was. She had every right to be because. Okay, we're going back to Akawar real quick. Feyre, like she just leaves to go find the cereal. Cereal. I still don't know how to pronounce this homeboy's she name. Goes to get some cereal. She, <laughs> and she she goes at it alone, and then like she gets into trouble, and she gets rescued by Helion, and is taken back, and more. Very clearly and effectively communicates why she's upset to Ferris. She says, You are part of this family. We will help you. You are not alone. And Ferris pissed at her for some reason to be like she's pissed that more is pissed. And so Mm -hmm. she like deflects and then is like, Well, I don't know why you're talking about giving me advice on anything when you haven't even taken care of this whole Asriel situation, like completely off topic, like just truly just deflecting from the fact that she did fuck up and she cannot face those feelings right now because and I get it like it's that's a little bit of complexity for her as well, because she is so used to taking care of herself and not. Maybe the deflection s- thing is what yeah. I have like yeah. issues with. Yeah, because she doesn't want it, it's again like her avoiding her trauma.
0: Yeah, and it's just like throwing it back in Moore's face. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you think like you think that you're going to be there for me? Why don't you just get your situation with Azriel straight? And,
1: and then I'll consider letting you be there for me. Like, yeah, it, exactly. It's gross. It was gross. And, yeah, I just, she does not,
0: I don't know. It's just like she's just, you know, emotionally kind of stunted. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe well, because she wasn't nurtured at all.
1: She, she definitely herself. wasn't nurtured, and she's 22. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh,
0: yeah, it's still really annoying, Feyre. You should not yeah. be having a child.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shit, I forgot that's where we. <laughs> Damn, this is this is kind of turning into a Feyre hate train of an episode.
0: No, oh, I I I kind of feared that that might happen because I knew how like strongly you care about Nesta and how mm-hmm. shitty Feyre treats Nesta, and then I had mm-hmm. my own Feyre um shit talking to do and so, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, well i was like oh, it's not gonna be good
1: yeah like it i just nesta and Lucian. i feel like they're it's very similar in that they never they don't have a sense of belonging anywhere yeah. They, they didn't within their own families because, like, in Nesta and the rest of the sisters' situation, like, Nesta was isolated from her little sisters because her mom plucked her and was, yeah. like, literally grooming her to be... Calling her my little queen. Yeah, like, so Nesta had a sense of detachment from her two younger sisters. Like, they were... Elaine and Pharaoh were very much, like, daddy's girls, And Nessa didn't get any of that warmth and compassion because their mom was cold and distant and strategic more than anything. And then you have Lucien, who's like potentially not even fully related to all of his brothers, which really shouldn't matter, but it does to them, and they treat him like fucking shit. Okay, and like okay, and hello, Feyre. You see your friend
0: feeling like he doesn't belong anywhere, and you know who his real father is. Mm-hmm. Get your ass over into Hellion's court mm-hmm. and do some
1: connection making. Yeah. Like, explain yeah. to him that he has a son. Yeah, it kind of makes like all of her like grand efforts to save like Perinthian and especially Valeris like a little hollow when she can't even extend the same amount of effort and energy to some of the people in her life. I'm like, okay, Girl so this up. is hey, Yes. She <laughs> is twenty-two. I'm gonna keep putting that out there for myself yeah. to take it easy mm-hmm. on her, cause like twenty-two year olds, but reese is 500 years old he should know <laughs> it's like what yeah. you said he he like literally modeled for her like the best way to be there for somebody at a distance until they're ready for your help okay well i have um i only had one other thing <laughs> that i
0: thought was kind of interesting so i'm gonna jump in um with a little lore because i i like enjoyed diving into it in our last episode. And, oh, um,
1: my god, I'm so sorry to interrupt you because yes. Yes, you and your lore because I have been reading some more stuff, like more fantasy since I finished the series and I'm like I ha- I'm going to have to look into this. And I did it during Silver Flames as well. I was like I'm going to look into this. Yeah, I just it's so interesting to me like mm-hmm. I know that
0: good writers all borrow right Mm -hmm. and steal i think Mm -hmm. steal is the word Mm -hmm. good writers steal things and then they make it their own Mm -hmm. um so like getting down to the root of it is is interesting to me um and the the main one that i noticed in this one and it's probably my uh christian upbringing (laughs) but um so When we get the first example of Cassian's point of view, Mm -hmm. he's talking about um, the mountain Remiel. And it's... um, I was like, that name sounds... The name sounds angelic. Um. (laughs) Yep, I wouldn't have picked up on that. (laughs) It's also because I'm... I went down the deep end of um, Supernatural, and you know,
1: I followed it all the way through. And there's oh, lots of an- angel. More lore in there. power to you, because I stopped after season five when it was supposed to end. I tried to do season six, and I was like, I can't. And then, like a couple of years later, I made it through. And then I started season seven. I was like, Nope, nope. Yeah, they lose their way um, mm-hmm. again and again, but. I'm
0: like, I'm a completer. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, anyway, uh, Ramael, and someone can come in who knows more Hebrew or something and tell me I'm saying it wrong. But that's the the mountain in the um, night court lands.
1: I thought that Um, was the one that they had to climb during...
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. The Illyrian part of the night court.
1: Oh, I forget that they're still part of the night court sometimes. Like, they just seem like they're in the fucking North Pole to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we're our own thing. Um, Respectfully, yeah, they are. (laughs) I mean, I would let them be their own thing if they weren't such assholes to women. Yes. Um,
1: So disrespectfully, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. disrespectfully (laughs) reese and cassian and asriel have to keep an eye on you Um, (laughs) but yeah the mountain that they have to climb climb is called ramiel Mm -hmm. and cassian talks about it or like thinks about it in his weird point of view it's called the sacred mountain and he notes that ramiel had always felt alive somehow awake awake and watchful Here's some more things who had put the stone atop the peak. He didn't know either. Legend said that it had existed before the night court formed before Illyrians migrated from the mere middens before humans had even walked the earth. Mm-hmm. So there's just like some, uh, that's enough to get my spidey senses tingling. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what's this? So I Googled Ramiel. Um, he is a named angel. In Hebrew and Christian lore. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, he is one of the watcher angels who were supposed to be just like keeping an eye on humans, um, but were like, hey, like, look at those hotties, <laughs> um, <laughs> human women. Um, let's get with them. And so um, the watchers supposedly are the ones who. Made it like fell, quote unquote, and mated with humans, and they created the Nephilim race. Um, and Ramael was one of those watcher angels.
1: What's so, the Nephilim race? Nephilim is like
0: half human and half angel, but there's also some like disputed, you know, how things get translated over and over and over again, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, looking but at you, needed. King James. <laughs> It's like if you read it in Greek, it's like this, but if you read it in Hebrew, it's like this, but if you read it in Latin, it's like this. So, one of the things that they say about the Nephilim is that they're known as the ones who have fallen, which fallen has connotations about like Lucifer and the angels that sort of revolted against God. Mm -hmm. But also, um, I read a thing that said that um, it can be interpreted as like one who falls on. Like falls upon the enemy, so like like a raining down of like attack and violence.
1: So like Um, the
0: Illyrians, yeah, kind of. And and so here's what was interesting to me too is like I kept reading that um, Nephilim can sometimes directly translate to giants, Um, but if you look at like the Greek word Gigantes, which I'm probably mispronouncing. Gagantes, it can mean um, just one who has great strength and aggression not necessarily mm-hmm. that they're physically large mm-hmm. and so I was like oh yeah, the Illyrians mm-hmm. very strong, very mm-hmm. aggressive warrior mm-hmm. race
1: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: so now my brain is like is there an angel in that mountain? is he trapped like Amron was? <gasps> are we going to get it out?"
1: oh, now? that'd be super cool right? Oh, I really like that.
0: And what if, like, that's how Amarin has more of a story, because I feel like they just sort of are like, look, we're done with you. But, like, what if if she comes along and is like, yeah, that guy came through the crack in the world with me, it turns out. I forgot to mention it. Um, Also, sorry,
1: Nesta, for being a total bitch to you. (sighs)
0: Yeah. Sorry that I've been a bitch to everybody, actually, except for Reese. <laughs> and Varian, or, v- or Valerian, whatever his name is.
1: Varian, I think, is what it yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Honey, it's okay to like people who are nice to you. I just <laughs> want to tell people
1: that. Right? <laughs> yes. That's a okay. lesson I think we could all learn. <laughs> That's okay. They're not boring, they're just nice. <laughs> Yes. What um, did Ron Swanson say to Donna? Like, don't confuse drama for passion or something like that. Oh, wise to pull out a Swanson quote. Oh, thank you. I mean, he is a wise man. He is.
0: I just wish he wouldn't slam vegetables so hard. <laughs> he um,
1: secretly likes artichokes and plums. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so, I mean, that's the lore. I'm just, like, sort of hoping that maybe that pops up later. Because mm-hmm. Gassian kind of goes on about it a little bit at the beginning of this
1: book. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of this book is just, like, setting up later storylines. For sure. I definitely think that that's exactly what this book was for. And we could have done without it. Yeah. <laughs> just going to be straight up about it.
0: Just going to be like, you know what? You could have made the book. Like, ten pages longer each book that you're gonna set up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that's like all you, you need. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have anything else. Okay. What was your um, so pure moment? Okay. Did you have one? I did. So my so pure moment was when you were talking about Feyre going to this Weaver's storefront or store, mm-hmm. and she like. Made this tapestry that was so black, like when you touch it, it's like almost like your fingers like disappear into it because it's mm-hmm. the void. That's not anything to do with my also pure moment, I just had to set the stage. But <gasps> while they were there, um, Elaine purchased like two Shaws. And Feyre didn't know what they were for until later on Elaine was in the kitchen. <laughs> you guys should see if I can say so. It's so pure. It is. It's is the purest. It's the purest. Okay. Nuala and Sir Edwin are in the kitchen with Elaine, and they're wearing them. Elaine got them both shawls because of how much they would like Aww. brought like a sense of like normalcy back to her life. And I feel like it's even cuter because they're like half wraith, like and they're like pink and fuzzy. They're like p- <laughs> it's like pink and lavender, <laughs> and yeah. I mean like these are like literal like they're like shadow women, shadow wraiths. Like, and the fact that they love Elaine enough like to wear that and I'm just like this is so fucking wholesome and unexpectedly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wholesome. (laughs) Like, so yeah, that was my also pure moment. That's a good one. Thank (laughs) you. That is a really good one. Thank you.
0: Um, Mine was just like a bummer and I'm (laughs) Mine, I mean, it's so pure, but it's... Well, I think it like reflects how pure Cassian's heart is. Oh, but okay. it's so sad oh uh, no
1: it, i'm let me get prepared let me emotionally prepare myself for a cassian moment oh it's just when
0: he is talking about it's like at the beginning when he's talking about how he had gone back to the village where his
1: mm-hmm.
0: where his mother had died mm-hmm. because he wanted to take her body and bury her in Belarus and he says mm-hmm. oh he wanted to bury her in Valaris, somewhere full of light and warmth, full of kind people away from these mountains. And I was just like, Oh, Cassian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you, you wanted to retroactively like take your mother away from all of the like pain that Mm -hmm. anyway, I just was like,
1: what a, what a sweet baby. I know he's, He's, like, such a gentle giant. It's
0: like, yeah, and I, I almost said soft boy. He's not a soft boy, but he
1: is a soft-hearted boy. Mm-hmm. He's a soft top. <laughs> <laughs> it's so pure. But, it really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just sad, but it's so pure. Mm-hmm. What was your universal, or truth universally acknowledged?
1: My truth universally acknowledged is that it's... It's oh shit, I have one, but I'm just trying to think about how to say it. Mm-hmm. Mine's oh. mine. is yours like a serious one? Mine's like a uh, Yeah, mine's
0: a like serious a, one. Okay. Do you wanna hear my silly one? Sure. It's that pregnant people just wanna write about being pregnant.
1: <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, mine's like way moodier than that. Mine's basically just like you can prepare like you can face like the worst of the worst on your own, but when it comes to somebody that you love who is going through the same thing and hurting as much as you are, it can be even harder to show up for them. That's very true. It's like the way that I was thinking about with like Feyre and Nesta, like their dynamic and how Mm -hmm. going back to what I was saying about Nesta, like Nesta is a particularly difficult individual to work with because she's so guarded and it can be overwhelming to try and be there for a person like that who's just like hell bent on self-destruction at this point like yeah. all of nesta's wrath is focused on herself and that's something that we learn a lot about in silver flames it can be really hard to see past that to see somebody's hurting you all hear that mm-hmm. it's important absorb it you yes be preachy I'm yes. teaching again. I'm back in the
0: classroom, so here
1: I go. <laughs> okay, so what's your rating? You can be mean about it. That's like a five. I was going to say like a six, so you're totally good. Like Yeah. I, yeah. One,
0: I think it's like you were saying. It's like this isn't a really necessary book. Mm-hmm. It's in moments I don't think it's real, really well written. Like I think it's supposed to be one big teaser, but mm-hmm. it's like – And so it's left intentionally vague, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but that just left it feeling like really disjointed to me. Mm -hmm. And then three, like I just did not enjoy Feyre being such an asshole. Like I'm enjoying talking about her being an asshole, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't like this character that I've been following through three books Mm -hmm. and I've, I've had like moments of a lot of respect for her. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I'm like, no, I, you're kind of awful. And cringe. It's
1: yeah. Like, I just didn't love that. And I don't think she meant to do that. I don't think so either. And I'm with you. That's exactly why I rated it so low as well, is because I was really upset with these two characters, Feyre and Rhysand, who had been built up so much in my mind and two people that I was, like, rooting for and to get that, like, external point of view of how they are around each other and how they treat other people, it was shocking. I was like, oh, shit, like, is this, was, am I the problem? (laughs) No. Well, Well, because...
0: I I don't think, like, I don't think we were getting that in the other books. Yeah. Yeah. It was always, like, a task to be done. It was very action-forward. Yes. And it's almost like she's using the, like, lull in the action to show what Feyre and Reese are like day to day when yeah. they're not, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: giving orders or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like the way she changed, not maybe not changed them, but, like, mm-hmm. wrote them in this way.
1: I agree. I th- That's a really good point. I also was just like, there's other ways to make... Feyre
0: and like there's I understand that like you need things to help you move the plot forward and Mm -hmm. right so like Nesta has to get up to the house of Wend to be stuck Mm -hmm. up there with Cassian Mm -hmm. right she has to but there's other ways that you could make that happen Mm
1: -hmm.
0: besides like Amran, Breeze and Feyre and Elaine Elaine, all
1: going behind her back
0: Fuck off. We're putting you up here.
1: Yeah. Spoilers for our next episode. Sorry. That's what we're... No, you know, you're fine. You're (laughs) fine. Uh, (laughs) These are old books. They've been out for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I I have a lot of things to say about that. And I think the reason... Yeah. Like, if I hadn't read Silver Flames yet, I probably might not have been as upset with Feyre and Rhysand. But Yeah like now that I've read I mean like I finished this in like a day compared to like the other books because it's uh-huh. half the size of all of the other ones um, and then I went straight into Silver Flames and I was like god Feyre and Reason are and self-righteous dicks yeah, <laughs> like, and like... I, I was right in that train that dick train <laughs> but not in the way that you would think <laughs> <laughs> well
0: like I don't yeah I just that and then like The fact that you keep, the fact that you brought up the fact that she's, like, 20, Mm -hmm. no, 21, 22? 22, I think, is how old she is at the end. And we're like, yeah, let's have a baby. I'm
1: like, bro, we would be just graduating college. Ugh,
0: you're not ready.
1: No, no. No, No, you're not. Your EQ is very low,
0: according to to a quarter frost and starlight. Mhm. It's not a good you need to do some more growing.
1: yep I agree. You can't just give your
0: baby a painting, Vera.
1: <laughs> oh, that comes up in Silver Flame, too. The painting and the lack of one in particular. Mhm. What a dick thing to do. Yeah,
0: she's just just just
1: yeah. Mhm. Okay. We'll back we're gonna back off the favor hate train <laughs> for now we're gonna we're gonna back it up we're gonna back <laughs> off of it we're gonna back off of it um, okay. I'm very curious, like, listeners, do you feel, like, have you felt the same way? Like, when you went through this, were you a little, like, ever agitated with Farah to this? I mean, maybe not to this extent because we're both, like, very passionately hating on her right now. Um, Full disclosure, I'm also on my period. So I'm like, I hate you. I hate everything. You're so stupid. I just came off of mine. So. (laughs) I could totally understand that. Uh, but, and I, like, when I, I have a tendency to compartmentalize my anger, and when I am actually able to get it out, it just, like, comes at, like, fire. Um, yeah. And so now I'm like, yeah, we could shit talk <laughs> Feyre. But I am curious, like, what were your thoughts on the book, like, when you got to see outside of just, like, Feyre and Resan's bubble and got to, like, see from other people's perspectives and even within their own bubble like because Feyre being a dick to Lucian was from Feyre's point of view and she even acknowledges that she's kind of being a dick but didn't do anything to like atone so tell us right. i'm were really curious like
0: yeah were you like no guys like Feyre is sort of an asshole an immature asshole all along yeah were you not surprised or <laughs> taken <laughs> taken aback <laughs> by that's a good point personality shift like if someone else noticed little things in the other books
1: please mm-hmm. please do let us know mm-hmm. i am very curious ah <gasps> i'm staying curious <laughs> I'm, i'll be staying curious <laughs> i'm going <a> stay curious <laughs> <laughs> okay bye bye all right bye